0: Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday morning, there's a news and analysis episode, which condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a crisp 15-minute summary. There are also regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that prepare you for what's coming next and give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 253. This episode is one day late, so it is going to be Tuesday morning as you're listening to this, if you listen to it on time, and there's actually uh, an election going on. Uh, I believe in the United States. So if you get a chance, uh, check out the news and you'll probably see some coverage of that. And if you can't find any stories on it, just type in like U S election or something like that. And you'll probably find something on it. Wrote a few essays this week, how to write well, what I've learned in over two decades of writing online, the future of sensors, algorithms and recommendations. Wrote about how I actually like remote and pre-recorded presentations, um, arguably even more than on-site conferences, although I miss the people aspect terribly. And also wrote about how Substack is great for newsletters but not for new creators, and basically saying don't build your entire brand on new tools that only do one thing. And security news. The U.S. government is continuing its trend of releasing state-sponsored malware that it finds, this time releasing eight samples developed and deployed by Russian hackers. Six were for the Turla hacking group, and two others were being used by APT28. I really do like this trend of the government burning malware of our competitors or enemies, however you look at it. And at the same time, giving that intelligence to defenders. Zoom has rolled out end-to-end encryption. An Australian newspaper has discovered a Chinese government database containing more than 2 million scientists around the world. The Overseas Key Individuals Database, OKIDB, includes many thousands of nuclear and other strategic industry experts, their personal information, and even where their relatives live. And I've written a bunch about this in the past, about how China is basically collecting a giant Mormon database. Not really Mormons, but the way the Mormon church has a database on every single person, they kind of have that, I believe, or probably multiple copies of something like this on every foreign person, especially American, who they think are going to be interesting. And that includes people who will be interesting in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. So the children of interesting people or relatives of interesting people. And uh, it's, it's all for being able to exert influence. And if you combine that with something like a TikTok algorithm of what they find interesting when they're 15 or 16 years old. A lot of that personality won't change later on, and that could be really useful if they become a high-ranked government official or military official. So this is a little bit of cloak-and-dagger type conspiracy theory, but it's not really conspiracy because we see the types of places that they've compromised and we know that they're using this type of information to get inroads into companies like attacking people on LinkedIn who show that they are in positions of influence inside of companies and using uh, connections to try to connect with them and, and uh, you know, socially engineer their way into getting potential information about the company IP, that sort of thing. So I think it's a really interesting, super long-term play. And, uh, Yeah, I've written about it in the past if you want to check it out. CoreView Research says 78% of Microsoft 365 admins and 97% of all Microsoft 365 users don't use multi-factor auth, which for me is a big yikes. Vulnerabilities. WordPress has patched 10 security bugs as part of their recent 5.5.2 release. and Evidently, a number of them... Uh, of the patches are actually buggy. So we should get patch patches soon. Companies Eagle eye is bringing video surveillance to the cloud. Just raised $40 million in a series E. And this is essentially addressing the problem of tapes and a whole bunch of other really super gross local storage options, which are not scalable and not universal and that sort of thing. So they're trying to move that stuff to the cloud. Technology news, cloud infrastructure revenue grew by 33% last quarter, reaching nearly $33 billion. Flippy robots will cook burgers in 10 more White Castle locations. This is a great example of where the door to automation was opened by COVID. They tried one robot because social distancing, and they didn't have enough workers to do the White Castle line, basically. And by the way, White Castle is like These tiny little sliders, I think made famous by Beastie Boys, but it's a burger place, I think centered mostly around New York. But yeah, so um, social distancing due to COVID required them to try something new. So they tried a robot and they really like it. So they're buying 10 more. And this is the type of pee that does not get taken out of the pool when the pandemic is under control once the jobs go to cheaper robots that don't show up late to work, don't get sick from COVID or otherwise, and don't cause HR violations, the trend will only flow in one direction, which is towards more of these robots and fewer human workers. So I think we can expect to see this from lots and lots of different companies. I mean, something I've talked about before is that a big economic hit is what's gonna cause a lot of companies to make the big move to automation. So basically, if they're doing fine as a small business or a medium-sized business, and they're doing fine with all their employees, it's, it's really hard when you're presented with a whole bunch of really cool automation tech to say, um, okay, the new tech is here, let's just fire everyone and move to automation. That's really hard to do. Lots of reasons for that, but a lot of them are human reasons and backlash reasons and just doesn't feel like a good thing to do, right? An ethical thing to do. But if you have to fire those people anyway, because there's an economic downturn, now all these pitches that you've had for the last two years, five years, 10 years about automation that could replace the need for those workers in the first place. Well, now when you go to hire back, let's say you got rid of 100 people, you go to hire back, you end up hiring back 10 people instead of 100 or whatever the number is because you have better automation, whether that's you know AI-based software or actual robots or automated kiosks like in McDonald's instead of hiring more tellers, that sort of thing. So this trend was happening already. And like a lot of people are saying, COVID is just an accelerator for a number of trends and the trend towards automation, I think, is going to be one of the primary ones that gets accelerated. Google Play Music has been shut down, but don't worry, I'm sure they have 13 other music apps that you don't know about that will also soon be removed. Maybe like Google Meet Music Wave or something, got a link here to the Google Graveyard, which I think has hundreds of different products. I mean, it's no big deal. Lots of companies have product graveyards, right? Not not every idea wins, but frustrating to see so many disjointed efforts around music and all these other services. I don't know why they can't just have Google Music, Google Video Conference, just super simple clear names that are kind of obvious if you look at them from all the other companies that are competing against them and just stop changing the name, stop changing the logos, stop canceling projects. They just really haven't figured out this marketing and stability concept yet. There's a new super white paint that can reduce cooling bills and even cool the planet. If it's used enough, it's kind of like the opposite of Vanta white. Just reflects everything. And yeah, evidently, if you have enough of this on the planet, it'll actually cool the Earth because uh, it'll be bouncing a lot of that sun and other radiation back into space. Imagine you need a lot of paint for that. Companies Shot Call is a new company that lets fans play with their favorite streamers. Human News. Researchers appear to have found a way to detect asymptomatic COVID patients by using AI to listen to how they cough. Netflix is raising prices again. The premium plan, 4K and four simultaneous streams, will go from $15.99 a month to $17.99 a month, a raise of $2. The standard plan, 1080p and two simultaneous streams, will go from $12.99 a month to $13.99 a month, a raise of $1, and the basic plan will stay at $8.99. Researchers have found a brain mechanic in mice that handles motivation to learn. They can increase or decrease activity in a place called striosomes to increase or lower engagement in a task. And so, of course, now we have to see if we can bridge the mouse-human barrier. Companies, Flash Forest is a Canadian company that uses drones to plant trees, and they can plant around 40,000 trees in a month. Ideas, Trends, and Analysis, Nicholas Christakis, who is MD, PhD, MPH, which I don't even know what that is. Was just on Sam Harris's podcast, and he predicts 2021 will be much like 2020 in terms of the pandemic. And with the vaccine arriving in late 2021, he thinks 2022 will be the year of widespread vaccine distribution and basically the turning of the corner against COVID. And that 2023 will be like an upswing type situation, and 2024 will be kind of back to normal. You should definitely listen to the whole podcast, though. He really lays it out really well. I really liked his analysis on all of this, especially the timeline around COVID. And of course, he does the stuff at Yale. He's, you know, obviously a medical professional. But more than a medical professional, he also looks at a lot of sociology-related stuff. So I think he's uniquely equipped to talk about trends Around not just the vaccine and the disease and all that sort of stuff, but society in general around the pandemic. So, again, 2021, largely the same. End of 2021, the vaccine starts coming out. 2022, people get vaccinated. You know, immunity starts to spread. 2023, an upswing. And then 2024, back to normal is. The upshot of his, his analysis in that episode. Laura Rosenberger, appearing on the Lawfare podcast, which has really been a favorite for me lately, has some great points about election security. And again, if you're listening Tuesday morning, this is really important for today. She said that the risk of actual election hacking seems to be low, or at least lower than in 2016. But the real risk around mis and disinformation from actors like Russia and Iran and China might not fully pick up until after the election. She made the point that reducing confidence in democracy overall is the primary goal, and that this can be done by attacking the election after it's over, just as well as before. She also pointed out that in 2016, the primary goal was absolutely to attack democracy and the idea that democracy is stable and a a good idea. And actually hurting Clinton and helping Trump were secondary to that. So this is really important because I I think we need to key in on the fact that pro-Russia doesn't mean pro-Republican. Or in other words, Russian mis and disinformation will not always be pro-Republican. It could be, let's say there's an AOC- Situation, and AOC is going to win, and they believe that AOC is extremely, let's see, let, let's say, extremely left, extremely uh, activist left, and they think that will harm the U.S. Well, they'll start pushing for AOC, the same way they were pushing for Trump over the last, you know, four, five, six years, however long that period was. So it's really about hurting America. It's not about promoting. Republicans, not like Republicans are bad. Russia will promote whoever they think will hurt the country the most. So that's a really important point that she made there. Cloudflare's COO says the future of cybersecurity is going to be a lot like water treatment, where you have known bad inputs being treated by multiple layers of filtering until it's safe to drink. And I really like that metaphor. I think that's really smart. Americans are spending two to three months a year on their phones, which, yeah, seems like too much. And 68% of Americans say they know someone with COVID. 68%. 70%. Basically two-thirds. Updates. Reading. I just finished Winter Steel, the eighth book in the Cradle series, which is literary RPG and it was a lot of fun. If you are looking for a diversion and you like role-playing games or fantasy, even sci-fi, and you liked Dragon Ball, you will absolutely love this series. It's called Cradle is the name of the series, and the name of this latest book was Wintersteel, but you will want to start with book one, which is called Unsold. And I'm currently reading The Upswing for the UL Book Club this month, really excited about this one. It is the follow-up to Bowling Alone, which was written by Robert Putman exactly 20 years ago. So this is perfect. He wrote Bowling Alone about the decline of social engagement and how it's hurting America. And he wrote that in 2000. Now we have The Upswing, which is written in 2020, 20 years later. And it's talking about this pattern of primarily I, we, and I, and it's about the combination of, or the juxtaposition of collectivism versus individualism. And he has a really cool model here, which you should check out. And it's basically I, we, I. So reading that, having a lot of fun with that. And like I said, it is the book for the UL Book Club this month. Added The Life of Samuel Johnson to my queue based on a recommendation somewhere. Nudge was really good, which was the UL Book Club book last month. And we talked about that in the book club a couple weeks back. And really looking forward to how to read and why. So that's in the queue. And I'm nearly done with Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville. Discovery. CrowdSec, a Go based modern replacement for fail to ban. And I've been watching my stats on this thing uh, quite a bit. Actually, had some sort of major incident this morning. I think it was Cloudflare related. But I was checking my stats for this and I was getting a massive number of um, WordPress attacks, essentially. But uh, yeah, r- really cool stuff. Go based modern replacement for fail to ban. It's, it's a lot like fail to ban, just updated. And uh, crowdsource based. Uh, thinks Canary, a way to detect attackers in your network with near zero false positives. Hard to get actual zero false positives, but Canary tokens are my favorite way to do this, especially when your logging and monitoring game is not where you want it to be, which, let's be honest, is most people. And Ninja, a simple way to do builds. How Journalists Use YouTube DL, which I thought was really interesting. It's like this resource, and they got in some legal trouble recently, but it's a way to download the full original raw version of YouTube videos. And a lot of journalists use this so they can do analysis frame by frame in high resolution of whatever videos were uploaded to YouTube. And they use the DL function because they don't want to have the video get removed later or modified later. So they tend to use YouTube DL as a invaluable part of their workflow for research. And someone just subscribed to 50 plus newsletters and gave their analysis of what makes a good newsletter. This is a really cool Twitter thread. And the recommendation for the week, how to read and why this new book on reading that I can't wait to get to. And I'm recommending it without even having read it based on how good the recommendations have been and the reviews of the book itself. So I, yeah, I would check that out. I love anything about reading. Obviously I love reading, but things about reading, I like reading as well. So I'm recommending it sight unread and the aphorism for the week to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. To avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Albert Hubbard. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is supported directly by people like you, so that none of us have to deal with advertisements. And if that appeals to you, please consider subscribing at danielmeisler.com/slash-subscribe. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you can get the text version of every episode. We'll see you next time.